Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 330. It's Tony's week here at the studio, and what I mean by that is all the books were Tony's favorites. Oh, I was going to say, well, what, wasn't last week all of my books anyways, too? It's always Tony's week. We're in his house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one's uh, a bit longer of one because they were two of my favorite series, so... We talked a lot about the books. Yes. Got Fantastic Four number one. Yes. As well as the Sandman universe. Yes. Which the Sandman one, not only did we review. Oh, I went into depth, briefly in depth, because there's so yeah. much more I could have gone into. Slightly informative. Yes. We I... actually got slightly informative on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even have to do much research because that stuff sticks with me. Knowledge. Read Sandman. It is so amazing. Pick up this book, even if you haven't. That's all I'm going to say, yep. except for I when agree. we say it more when I'm reviewing it, because yes, there is yes. such a great book. Uh, also talked about some Stanley news. Yep. A little bit of X-Men. Yeah. And uh, fuck you trolls. Yeah. Well, yes. Always. That's always. Yeah. Fuck you trolls. <laughs> so sit back, relax, check out Drunk on Comics podcast, episode 330, the OG HP. No. I think it's in the, it was it was like the the hook for a '90s song. I can't even remember what it. Was. <laughs> like an R and B. Back, back, forth and forth, going back. Do 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 do. No. What? <laughs> yeah, normally I could just always I, I'm the master of the controls. So I could just delete this out, but we're not going to because that was great and everyone loves making fun of you when you sing. I hope it's an earworm for one person out there that goes. <laughs> I vaguely remember what this song is. Maybe if they hold up Shazam while listening to the podcast, it will somehow be like, that is a bad rendition of Blink song. Tweet us if you know what it is. Oh, man. We, uh, so camping and tubing for my buddy's bachelor party, uh, listen to a lot of, uh, Doors type music. Yeah. And yeah, uh, not my favorite cup of tea, but uh, learn that uh, I can withstand uh, lots of music I don't like when I'm drinking. So. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. And that brought up lots of uh, old school stuff like Dazed and Confused and then mm. just a bunch of guys sitting around a fire talking about when we were kids and having fun. And then I'm the one, they're talking about a few Marvel this or that, or oh, Infinity War. They're talking nerdy stuff, and you're like, oh, here's my chance. Yep. <laughs> Someone mentioned something, I go, well, actually. <laughs> Everyone loves having people like you around in a conversation. <laughs> my buddy Tim, who's The Bachelor, who's main friends with all these people, I knew about half of them, goes, Tony does a podcast, so he kind of knows these things. One of the mutual friends, Marty, didn't realized marty was also going on to another guy that he wrote up with of how funny i am and trying to make i'm like i don't think i'm that funny i guess i can i have sometimes some 
good one-liners or I'll think of something. But he was talking me up a bit to the well, person that's a lot of pressure. A, a bit. And that, yeah. I kind of was like, I didn't have anything. I was then <laughs> throwing zingers the rest of the weekend, so there were people chuckling. But while we were talking about my podcast, well, what's your podcast? I go, Drunk on Comics? He goes, Drunk on Comics? Isn't that like just a Facebook? Isn't that a Facebook page? I go, yeah, I own that. He goes, I never knew. <laughs> Like, thanks, Marty, for your support, I guess. That's what we get. Yeah. We're not posting our podcast on our Facebook page. <laughs> well, to be honest, though, I would hope that he'd read. I mean, I guess he kind of laughs at some of the shit and sees the articles and everything that I send out sometimes. But, yeah, we should post more of the yeah. podcast there. We're terrible podcasters. Yeah. Well, we're good podcasters. We're terrible at maintaining our, me- our online yeah, so, presence. Yeah. <laughs> Bad promoters. That's what it is. We are. Oh, but that was, so yeah, there was a lot of the nerdage coming out, and Mm -hmm. then they were asking me specific questions about this and that, and I'm like, yes, useful. Yes, Tony puts his king hat on when that happens. Little did one of the guys know earlier in the day when I did say something that was, not even comic book related, but maybe D&D related or something, Mm. (laughs) you know, the usual nerd type thing, (laughs) he called me that, I go, Dude, you have no idea. <laughs> Just the tip of the iceberg. Yep. Oh, man. So, I am quite happy this past week. Uh, actually had some decent amount of news to look up, but as well as some great comic books that came out. In great comic books, I would say probably two of my favoritists. I knew when I saw what came out this week, I was like, this is Tony's week. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Fantastic Four, number one, finally yep. came out after, since 2015 Secret Wars was, uh, and that's when, might have been January 2016, but around that time. Reed became God, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that is one of the things that I'm most curious for within the book, because continuity is king with me, and I have to say, this book, uh had a lot of emotion, I guess. Hmm. But not a lot of Fantastic Four. Okay. And I'll explain explain that in a sec. The story kind of starts off like, oh, and I have to say this too, it's not a retelling of them and their story and everything. There was a brief news report with an incident that happened that had the, I guess Marvel and everyone knows that Reed and Sue and all of them are missing, so it's not just Johnny and, and the thing, you know, everyone else knows it. So the news reporter goes in to kind of explain within like three or four panels how they got their cosmic radiation and everything. Mm. So they kind of did the reintroduction too if someone picked this up as their first time. Now granted, if they did pick this up as their first time, there's a lot of shit that has gone on before with the Fantastic Four. Maybe if they have never read those things they're looking at all right i want to see what's going on so you can kind of briefly in the first pages explain you know they they've been missing the family's been missing and ben and and johnny have been searching for them but you will be a little bit lost but it's not too bad of uh you can pick it up now type of book and it's where it gets to the heart of it though that may be a little bit uh having you stuck in a rut. There's like three different stories um, within here and they're all by uh, Dan Slott who's going to be 
doing the Fantastic Four. Couple, they're but they're drawn by other teams. I don't remember who the exact team is going to be on this book. Okay. Uh, however, the the stories go through uh, Ben and Johnny being on Earth, and you know, Ben has known for a while that they're dead. They're gone, and Johnny Storm has been thinking that they've been out there. The Marvel Two in One book, which is still going on, which uh, Chip Zdarsky has recently said that it's going to change. It's still going to be a book, but with Fantastic Four coming back, it's going to maybe have a different dynamic or maybe have other people mm. that are team-ups of two sure. that they kind of you know yeah. go through. However, that's still going on, and they're still in the other you know multiverse searching for them. I do not like, even though I know that it's a writing uh, way to go about, when stories are taking place now, when what the fuck just happened with that book? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're back. So you're kind of. I started wondering, is this going to be a whole flashback book? There was some flat a uh, flashback story of oh, this one time when the group was together. However, the main meat of this beginning story was you know who Ben Grimm has dated for forever. The lady who's blind. Yep, Alicia Masters. Yes, thank you. Who does amazing rock sculptures, which yeah. is funny because he's made he's out of rock. rock. Yeah. And she's got a thing for rock. Yeah. Um, she yeah. she, she likes, likes it. it. She likes it hard. Yeah. <laughs> What's not gonna go there? <laughs> I'll uh, say it. I'm a girl. <laughs> and they've been on and off for for many uh, years, and so one of the great things about this is. Ben finally proposed to her. Oh. I thought, wow, that's uh, moving in a new direction. But it was also because he's like, I need to move on with my life. And why haven't I moved on with her for many years? The emotion comes when he tells Johnny uh, on the rooftop of, you know, this is what I'm doing. And I want you to be my best man. Aww. And and the Human Torch just goes, no, that's <laughs> Reed's job. Like, gets kind of pissed. And I'm like, dude, you're acting like a spoiled little dick. Yeah, you know. I mean, but then you you, Johnny, you realize right? it though that he is still in denial, and so Ben even says, you know, it almost seemed like there was going to be one of those superheroes fight, like, oh, you you're ruining a moment, blah blah blah. <laughs> They're going to fight because he won't be his best yeah. man. Ah, white people's problems. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it it then you know he starts crying on his shoulder and everything. He goes, "They're really gone," and you're like, "Wow!" Like Aww. punching the gut. Because this is where he finally realizes it. So, as I said, they're still out there in the multiverse. He still has hope. Like I said, Ben has given up that hope. Question. When he proposed, did he give her a ring? Yes. Was, and, and was the, the rock a piece of him? No. It should have been. They it, missed well, an it, opportunity with so that So, part of the backstory that they had was them uh, going through a different... Uh, through the multiverse. Like, they... That's their travel, space right. and time. And when they're stuck there um, with the uh, Astronica, um, they were there with a couple people. And she tells them that the frequencies of the universes, like for them to find their way home, someone... So he got a rock from her. And mm. that's where the rock, him bring up the story was. And that's when he realized, set it in a ring. So it's probably otherworldly rock or something. But what was great about this story, too, was, you know, you need a a frequency. I need someone to sing. Who's your best singer? 
and it goes down through everyone that's there. <laughs> Sue goes, it's me, Johnny, 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 Uncle Johnny, me. <laughs> this before Val was born, obviously, so they had Franklin right. Richards being a kid. And I just love that <laughs> Sue goes, what are you doing? You love my singing. It's like, subjectively, yes. But objectively, as a scientist, I have to say that Johnny's timber is, um, sorry, dear, I have to steer the ship. <laughs> that was some humor. That was some greatness. And that was the fi- family dynamic that I've been missing from yeah. Marvel. So you have them propose. And that was kind of the, the, the meat of this issue until you finally got to see some glimpses of Reed and Sue and wherever they are they are, mm-hmm. and he's talking about this has to work there's got to be something that will make this work you're wondering what's going to work and above earth you see a giant four their you know symbol making them they're already on a rooftop you know for explaining the giant storm about the engagement like wow they both have hope and they've got to be alive so like yes but it's a number one issue. Shouldn't they have reunited in this issue? Mm, I mean, yes, but that's not really the way they do comics anymore. They make us wait. Well, normally they have towards the end to really give you that, you know, that hug or that that feels or the or the kick in the junk when something bad right. happens. So it was kind of a little letdown. Except for I'm more curious of Doom coming back. Oh, because Doom has been a quasi good guy for a bit sure. now, now he's ever since secret some... wars and i'm and i'm i don't like when it's like medieval doom and it looks there. like it looks like his uh face got scarred again and he kind of talks about how it always happens you know and they've even explained a bit in the two and one of how he it's almost like as if there's always needed i've talked before of always needed a galactus within the marvel universe sure. there always needs to be these certain characters i don't necessarily believe on the realm of earth there needs to be no i like when things actually change sometimes mm-hmm. so i'm a little upset that doom is going back to his old ways except now he's wearing a skirt <laughs> well he was in rags then <laughs> so he 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 got all fancified towards the end oh okay uh when, i kind of wish they would have just left him in the skirt with his ass when, hanging out and i liked it how <laughs> it went about because he was not he didn't even want to take his place again but one of the subjects goes, you know, you need to, and this, you know, and he's like talking about being scarred. And like, well, that's not your face. This is your face, and gives a Doom bot mm. mask, which then he puts on, and that is the that is the face of Doom, and it's so creepy. It's so good, uh, partly because Latveria is um, one of them shithole countries. <laughs> well, yes, but it was <laughs> it was getting even shittier without him. It's funny that Doom's like. Iron Fist is sometimes what keeps that place yeah. in order. Yeah. And when there was the Doombots and whoever else was kind of running it, they were way bigger dicks than him. Mm. So I, I'm I like him in this. Uh, I actually do like him as a bet because of the way that he thinks he's always right. Right. It makes him a compelling bad to, guy. To me, he's Marvel's version of Lex Luthor. With, oh yeah, very much. Except for has powers. Yeah, I mean, there's ob- there's obvious differences, but their attitudes are very similar. I guess I yeah, I guess I've I've thought that, but never really said it out yeah. loud. Especially with what Luther's done in in the right. DC books. Yeah, and he's going back to being bad. Yep. I guess 
Yep. Similar. Both dickheads. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say there's there was a great one page story. Um, Scotty Young drew, drew it, and I guess Dan, Dan Slott wrote it of what looked like the Super Scroll telling about wait. You know, I've waited this long for a new Fantastic Four book, and they don't even get back yet. Like, uh. what the heck? So this was that zinger there that goes, don't worry. In number two, you will finally see them reunited. So just wait till next one. And I go, you know what? You can't the- be mad when you end a comic with a Scotty with Scotty Young art. Yeah. Like, you just can't be mad. Like, I mean, that was a smart move. Yeah, so, and, and even, like, goes, like, if if not, I'll be watching you. Like, it's, it turns <laughs> into the watcher. Yeah, so, that was that was just great yeah. in the sense it's of... It's smart. It's like if you tell somebody someone in their family died, and then you give them a basket full of puppies. <laughs> I don't think that equates quite right. Similar. <laughs> but I am very happy of, of where it's going. Uh, like I said, I, I, I do feel that I wish... Maybe two and one would have resolved right before this one, right? Because now I'm going to be like, well, I kind of already know they got back. So if there's some impending doom, plus doom is still a good guy in that. I guess the big revelation is going to be why he turns into an asshole again, right? But I, yeah, because his name is Victor Von. Doom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, how can you can't be a good guy with that fucking name? <laughs> I would, how badass of a real name that would be, though, right? He's What's Cora. your name? Victor Von Doom. <laughs> I feel like... Well, even, Seriously? I don't even... Care. Tony Van Doom. Like, <laughs> if my last name was something Doom, I would talk about that shit all the time. Doom. <laughs> Tony Doom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. So, quite happy about this. And, as I always say, there's awesome comic books out there. Yes. Glenn's, I'll let you start the next one because I know how much you love this series and you know every inch of it. Tony's comic shaming me, you guys. Don't ever do this to anybody. Don't it's ever not come. nice. Um, so I picked up the Sandman universe, number one. I'm assuming this is... Gonna... What? That came out? <laughs> I know you read this. Everybody else knows you read this, too. Well, anybody I, who I, listens I, this I already part... stated that I picked it up and read it. So. Um, it has a number one on it. To me, this felt like a one-shot. Oh, for very much so. Setting up the four comics that are going to be going on in the new Sandman universe. Um, so I have never read Sandman before, which is why Tony is comic shaming me. Um, but I figured this was the perfect time to start. Right? It's starting again, but this is not a reboot. This is literally starting. In the universe that's already established. Because Neil Gaiman... Yes. ...is a master of continuity. Yes. In fact, when I was doing a little... I didn't have to do much research because I love the series. Uh, he tweeted out something. Now, granted, it was in 2013. I'm going to post it on uh, our Facebook uh, account and tweet it out, too, of someone that did an amazing like job of... like It's a long fucking page, but it's like... It's on the internet of continuity and what it means within comics and why Sandman was the way it was. And Neil goes, I, I wasn't even thinking about those connections, but yeah. <laughs> like, sure, yeah, that's yeah, totally yeah, what that's I was going true. for. Uh, <laughs> and 
yeah, he he takes within those con- even uh, when the Lucifer book came out uh, the second time uh, two years ago when it first came out, I was worried that it was going to be a whole new series, which I would read anyways. Mm-hmm. But it picked up from Mike Carey's version, which was also originated in the Sandman series. Right, that's all happened. Now you got to ask yourself though. Well, this is a DC book, right? Sure. What does DC do a lot? But fuck up continuity. Yes. Except for flashpoints and infinite crises and everything. You never see those really in Sandman. Right. So, before I go into that spiel, tell me all your knowledge on Sandman, Linz. All my knowledge on yeah. Sandman? I don't have... Any? I don't have a lot. Do you know he has siblings? No. Well, he's dreaming, right? He's dream. Dream, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming his siblings are all these other various concepts. Yes, kind of. And I don't know who they are. <clears throat> and I know that Lucifer is involved. That's basically all I really know. Okay. I know that it's good because Neil Gaiman wrote it and that man can fucking write. The mythology of of this world is immense. And that's... I love those creators that can create their own world. So even though... This is actually in DC proper, where some vertical books are their own thing, mm-hmm. and you know, going to image books, they're their own right. property and everything. This was, but it wasn't. Now, Dream is one of the endless, and the endless, as described um, from Gaiman, is they are um, pretty much kind of like energies, but. They're, they're just functions of the universe. They've always been. They're almost like above gods, but not gods, because within comic books, even gods can die. Right. But they seem to be outside the realm of influence from certain gods. But within even the first Sandman uh, story arc, Dream was, uh, I wouldn't say down as luck, depowered a bit. Mm. And he was searching for his artifacts that gave him power. He is in charge of dreams. And at the time, his name was Morpheus. Right. There's always a concept of these these functions of the universe. And that's why they are the endless, because they will always be there. Um, There is destiny. There's death. There is dream. There's destruction. There's desire. There's despair. And there's delirium. Now, going through the mythos of everything, Delirium was originally someone that was called the Light. So as to kind of have a whole theme with the D thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a couple uh, despairs, and now we have two different dreams. We had right. Morpheus Dream. Now Daniel. And now Daniel. Yeah. And that's what makes it even Who more interesting. just like a super pale emo kid. Well, that's because Morpheus was always straight up black and they're doing yeah so it was <laughs> i it's weird it's almost like uh you ever see mr negative from yes. marvel i it's so weird and creepy but imagine seeing that in the real world yeah. like you would think it's kind of otherworldly right and that's how daniel is and so it's it's going to be interesting i like that they call him daniel but others call him dream mm-hmm. because they do understand that this is not Morpheus dream, although right. he's the same entity, has the same powers, he is something totally different. Right, and he became dream because Mor- did Morpheus didn't die, he gave it up, right? Or did he die? He came to an end. Okay. And uh, he was, yeah, he was dying, he knew it was destined, 
But one of the... Did one of his siblings tell him? One of the... Well... <laughs> Did Destiny De- tell Destiny him? Destiny knows. He's yeah. telling her. The last one to be... Uh, Death is going to be the last of all of them. When even Destruction... He's actually quit his realm like 300 years ago. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. So right. he tries to... But you're, you're kind of a function of what you are. So Death, who within the comic series too is an amazing creature but within and i might have mentioned it before one of the stories that followed death within this it was a sandman comic but it followed her you see this baby and everything and these parents are all happy and and then you see death holding the baby and then you hear screams in the background you know what happened yeah but she's she's a happy person to bring these people onto the other side right and Sandman was less of uh, a superhero book and more of a horror sci-fi type sure. uh, realm. Supernatural. Yes. Yeah. But that didn't mean that there weren't superheroes involved. Uh, they gave... I always thought it was a mandate by DC, but I found out that it was actually uh, Neil trying to see where the Sandman character fit because he had some ideas originally of how he wanted it to go about and he had a uh, um, Martian Manhunter within the first story arc when he was going to collect his mask. And you're like, all right, so you had him in there. He's had Scarecrow. He's had some silhouettes of certain superheroes when they're dreaming kind of show up. Mm-hmm. So this does take place in D.C., but what I love about it is it has created so much of its own universe that you almost forget that it's a right. D.C. book. Yeah. And the reason why it can stand on its own is a lot of these characters are its its own self. Right. Uh, a lot of times when they're in London or New York or anything, they don't need to talk about Batman because they're in the dreaming, and through dreams, anything is possible. And I guess a lot of these kids and people don't dream about being superheroes, I guess. But Now let's get back to Daniel. Daniel is the child of uh, Lita Trevor Hall and Hector Hall. Now, those names uh, might ring a bell. You know what the halls are? Mm-mm. They uh, hawk uh, man and hawk girl. Oh. As well as, uh, um, I can't remember their their full, their full first names. And then there's the, um, uh, the Golden Age Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor. Okay. Um, or Lita, Lita Hall was the Wonder Woman and Trevor's daughter. Whereas the um, Hector Hall was the son of uh, Carter and Shara Hall. Okay. Of Hawkman. So he's got some kind of royal blood. And because of uh, what had happened within the stories there, he got the essence of Dream when he was in the baby's or in the mom's tummy. And that's where he then was brought on as the heir to Dream. Some of these I don't remember, but these were also implanted within the story years in advance. And that's one of the things that I've always loved about the writing that Neil has done is there's shit that pays off way later on. Right. Or even in the Lucifer series that pays off way later on in any of these books. And they did that here. So he full well knew in advance that he was going to be... Right. Killing off huh. Morpheus and right. having a new dream. Way ahead of time. Now, Dream has shown up randomly and seldomly in the last couple of years. Uh, he 
uh, was predominant. Well, Morpheus showed back up, but it was also kind of a duel with Daniel Dream within the Sandman Overture when 2013. Um, Neil Gaiman said that he wanted to revisit... 2013 through, like, 2016. Yeah, because yeah. it came out, yeah, <laughs> twice a year. And he, when he, he had the story to tell of how did Sandman become depowered. Like, he never got to tell, like, an origin, but not really an origin, because this Morpheus had been there for eight eons. Right. And so he finally got to tell that story, and he thought, okay, now maybe I'm done. Which brings us to now. Sure. In this new realm of what we're going into and what we'll eventually talk about after I go off. <laughs> but we have had uh, this uh, Daniel show up in certain issues. Um, well, he was definitely in Metal, Dark yep. Knight's Metal. He also has shown up in uh, Justice League, um, JLA, um, at one point when they had to go to the Dreaming. But really, that's about it. I think there's one other issue of the books that um, he also was like in the background. So he still is connected to the DC world. When you read this, though, would you ever think that no. this is something where there's a Superman and Batman? No. no. And that's what I like about it. And that's fine. Yes, for sure. He can pop up in these other books. They could maybe pop up in this. But what's going on there? Right. All these Lex Luthor and this entropy, like... Uh, you know, cosmic ring, whatever, Junk. new corp and everything. Yeah. That doesn't affect this book, and that's what I love. So these writers can stick to these books. And when I say books, there's four in this universe. Yes. Lindsay, I'll allow you to talk for a little bit. <laughs> so this book starts, is the beginning of all four books, and it it's written in such a way where it's one continuous story, but there's very, there's clearly very four things very four things four different things going on um but they're not set up so that they're separate it's almost like you're watching a tv show or a movie where it's following four different people and it just cuts scene right so there's not like oh this is the story for house of whispers and this is the story for uh the harry new harry potter book or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> but i do have to say the very first page of this book like if you haven't read Sandman like this will draw you in right away I spent a good 10 minutes just staring at this page because the art is crazy well that is one of the things that has always been something within Sandman the art yeah and the art changed with each each one of these stories that were in here mm -hmm. was written by that person's uh architect right because Neil Gaiman is going to be like the grand master of it all but he's not necessarily writing these books. He has other teams doing it. Yep. He has the end goals and what he wants to see. But um, So it, it goes in, you're in the library in the dreaming. And I have to read this one line because it totally plays into what you were saying about them never, them always sticking to the grand plan and, and Neil Gaiman never straying from that, never going back and changing anything. And there's actually one line in here where He's talking about, the librarian is talking about how he's keeping the books that were never written. So they store all the books that were never written, the books that were never finished, and the martyred by retcon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed when I read that. I go. <laughs> so they're totally, they totally are like making fun of that. Mm -hmm. Well, so, do, you, do you remember what happened at the end of uh, Dark Knight's Metal? 
There was the bat, the Joker dragon. That's all I remember. That's the only thing burned into my head is Joker dragon. Okay. So one of the scenes was Lucian in his library here because he knows all his books. He knows everything because he was once a raven and right. ravens know everything. Know everything. And him saying, oh, there's a book missing. Oh, and, 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 and we're going missing. straight into this. Yeah. So that was kind of the setup, the tease of like, and even when I was reading that, ooh, something's, what's going to happen? Yeah. And then find out that they're doing this realm. So we still don't know what book is missing. No. And and now there's a big crack. Yeah. In, going through the dreams. Because yeah. dreams are the most powerful of all the realms. Yeah. And Morpheus, while he's in his realm, is one of the most powerful persons ever because anything can happen in dreams. Right. As you could see then when they go on to try to find Daniel. Yes. They send the other raven. What's his name? Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> I just think that's funny that the crow's name is, or raven's name is Matthew. It's just <laughs> like naming your dog a person's name. But <laughs> I guess they become people eventually, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so he has to use dreams to get out of the dreaming, it sounds like. So he pops into this old woman's dream, where he, uh, which... He thought, he made the statement, oh, this is very interesting. Most people just dream about sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this woman was having a giant party with food. Um, but then he meets Dora, who you said is a new character. Yeah, I don't... As far as you haven't, know. Yeah, I haven't ever seen her show up before. And it's interesting because she's trying to protect this, this woman. dream. Yeah. And when you find out why she's trying to protect this woman, because she's going through some shit... Right. Is interesting because I've never really within the dreamscape and everything. There's guardian. There's certain people of dreams. Uh, each character has their uh, not quirk, but their their role to play within the dreamscape. So it's interesting who she is and what she is. Yeah. And obviously, I think that's going to be part of that story. Right. The dreaming that book that comes out. She and Dora makes the statement. Of, um, because Matthew doesn't know who she is either, and um, she she says something about something being promised to her and broken, and they give you a little one panel shot of who I'm assuming is Morpheus, because he's all in black garb. He looks like you know the lead singer of the Cure. So <laughs> I'm assuming that's what's going on there. But then he pushes Matt. She pushes Matthew out of the dream, and she looks very scary when she does it so i don't know if that's just her normal form is very scary or and she just looked nice to be in the dream but she did not look like a nice person yeah so i don't know what her story is but i i'm interested in finding out i think she was one of the most interesting characters introduced in this whole book um so anyway matthew pops into another dream wakes some kid up which then leads into the next story which is about harry potter um, the Books of Magic, <laughs> which... Starring Harry Potter. Yes. And <laughs> I, uh, this, these, these are actually books that I actually, I forget to read and look up when I was younger and I was reading Sandman and Lucifer at my, um, local library. They never had these. And most library shops I found didn't have these either for back issues or anything. Mm -hmm. So... And I guess now that I think of it, I'm dumb, and I could always tell them to order those things, yeah. but I don't think about that <laughs> when I'm younger. Right. So, I've never known much about the Books of Magic, except for, as you said, kind of 
Harry Potter. Yeah, this kid totally looks like Harry Potter without the scar. But he, you know, he's the he's the dream that that Matthew uses to get into our world. And he's late for school, and he pops in, and he's got a substitute teacher, and she asks him to read a book, and the book's blank. I wonder if that's the book missing out of the library. We'll never know, because there's another book in one of the other stories that could also be that book. Who knows? There's lots of books. Um, <laughs> four. I guess there's four books. Uh, anyway, this kid is a wizard or something. Yeah. And this lady knows it. Very it, powerful wizard. Yeah. Um, the best part of this story, besides it was very obvious just introducing these two characters, uh, she, the woman, the substitute teacher, air quotes, had, uh, murdered the previous teacher, and I don't know if he was still sitting, he was still in the classroom with blood everywhere, and she oh, had yeah. just magically, like, covered it up so no one could see it, but the raven could see it, because they see everything, I guess. That's what they keep saying over and over and over again. So, um, but oh, fun fun fact too. So, Harry Potter first came out in 1997. Uh, Books of Magic uh, publication ran from 94 to 2000. Oh, so Harry Potter's really this kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So after this story, Matthew then goes to the United States because he's talking about like. He's looking for Daniel, basically, because they want to bring him back to the back to the dreaming because it's falling apart, and he's the only one that can fix it. And Matthew keeps talking about how he's just he's being pulled like a dog on a leash in a direction, but he doesn't know exactly where. It's just a feeling. Um, so he ends up going hopping over the pond, as he says to New Orleans, and that's what introduces this next story, which I'm assuming will be the House of Whispers. Because I don't... They didn't tell you which book is going to be which, but this is the only one that seems like it Yeah, so that's what it is. Else. So, uh, within the the realm of Sammy and uh, what came before, there were some other houses that explained more characters, more uh, mythology of creatures mm -hmm. and this one seems to be taking place down in louisiana yeah and with the the goddesses kind of last words there doesn't see, you think that she's kind of a a nice person but maybe not so much yeah her stories always end in tears yeah yeah i mean which doesn't which necessarily mean she's it's, evil it's but it's following just means, these two little girls but what i love is it's stories and that's what dreams are. Right. And so that's what that book's going to be about. And it, even when you get to this point, too, how much dream will be involved with these worlds uh, is interesting because I don't think he's going to have a hand. Doesn't these are going to be these are gonna be separate books yeah. that may have, you know, like Matthew coming through here now, maybe events later on that ties them together, but they're going to be kind of. It seems like standing on their own with acknowledging of creatures within right. the mythos of Sandman. Yeah. Daniel doesn't want anything to do with this world, it seems like. He's hiding. Well, we can get to the next uh, yeah. part of your story. Well, which is the Lucifer. Lucifer story was fucking dark as fuck. It was just... That was darker than most of the shit of Lucifer that I've read in a while. So Matthew goes looking for Lucifer because apparently finding Lucifer will help him find Daniel. 
I don't know if there's a connection there or he just thought maybe it, he would know or he's got his emergency yeah. contact yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and he rolls up and there's a dead crow like oh it's been a long time since I've seen one of myself that wasn't rotting and I'm like oh gross and it just goes into this whole story about how Lucifer was keeping these ravens captive and trying to use them to, I don't know what, avenge or get revenge on his father. It was really fucking dark. There was a ton of dead birds everywhere. <laughs> you just wouldn't let them leave. He's like, we've been stuck here for I don't even know how long. We just can't leave. And Lucifer looks scary as fucking this, too. Yeah. And I, I've, I haven't read a lot of Lucifer's, but I've seen covers of Lucifer, and he looks pretty hot in those. And this guy does not look hot. He looks no. scary. Well, he seems like he's an entirely different being as well. He still has the chip on his shoulder of, fuck God, and I don't like what you've always... Because he's always felt like he has been imprisoned within his story, per se. Right. And he's always been trying to cast himself out of that, and it seems like this is part of him trying to break free from those bonds and in all the other iterations he's done that as well so it's interesting how he's getting back into it like i said the second uh it's not even second volume but the second uh story of lucifer that just recently came out was refreshing because everything that happened before happened mm -hmm. and it was interesting how they resolved what happened after the series initially ended um, after Mike Carey's run. So this is interesting to get back into it. And like I said, he seems like a totally different person, except for he's going to do it his way. Right. But he is such an amazing character. Who's the guy? Okay, so this might be the big mystery, but who's the guy that pops up at the end of this story and eats the raven? That's what I don't know. Because and, the whole thing was, like, Lucifer's been taking the souls of these ravens and using them for some reason. So all these carcasses are literally just shells of birds that are rotting, except for this one who was murdered by somebody else and eaten or torn, head torn yeah. off or something. So his soul is still trapped there, which is what Matthew is talking to, is just a dead bird soul. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, what I like is because the symbols of that's symbolism in this world is is awesome uh in this universe and i like that that's you know he used ravens the karen mm -hmm. carrying is it karen yeah karen beast um carrion is right carrion yeah they they eat the dead yeah. yeah and so uh you know that's why he was he was using his symbol destroying them to break to make himself weaker to in order to do what he's setting up to do which is still all mystery but i love that this one raven who didn't want to uh be killed talked him into being well birds are also like hope like we're oh, the messengers yeah. and that made him go like oh, maybe, yeah, maybe because right. he's like every every uh that's what lucifer's saying i need to go where there is no hope and stuff goes but every journey you have to have hope because you want to have a destination so you got to hope to be there right which made him become that symbol, like, so he now became a symbol of power, being the last one, and right. then... And then he, this guy then he, shows yeah. up and is like, hope is just another trap of God. Yep, and then... And then kills the bird. Yeah, so is all hope lost for Lucifer? Well, he's in a fucking field full of crucifixes, and it looks like his eyes are burned yeah. out of his head, so... 
you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's going on there? I'm sure the Lucifer book will get into that. Um, but then it, it goes into, you know, Matthew ends up in, I think it was New York. Is that where he was at? Somewhere. Metropolis. Do they even have a New York in D.C.? Probably Metropolis. One of those cities. Goth- it's raining, so it's probably Gotham. Um, <laughs> or London. Um, so he, he feels like he's really close, and he feels like he's right there, and then he's not. So, But really, they have this whole one page where... Hip- I mean, hipster Daniel? Yeah. Yeah. He's looking... And that's one of the biggest mysteries emo kid. of this is why is he hiding? Right. And it's part of, is it because he had human parents that he's trying to reconnect with them? Even though his parents are dead, did something happen in the dream and that they're resurrected? Uh, but all in all, uh, without giving away that last page... There's a bigger mystery of why is he not doing his function. Right. And then what is his goal and why is he hiding from everyone? Yeah. And that seems to be what this universe is going to start off trying to resolve. I do have to add this, these last couple of pages. So this Kane character cracks me up. He's clearly just a murder happy person. I'm assuming he's Kane from Kane and yeah, Abel. Yeah, Kane and Abel, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like. He said this thing just pops out of the ground. He's like, it's just popped out. I think it has a heartbeat. Should I stab it again? <laughs> He's like, I tried once, but the knife went so, went straight through. Somebody throw me a bigger knife. Just like, oh, my God. Oh, they, they, yeah. They, <laughs> him and his brother are characters that I look forward to to seeing yeah. within these series. That he was, I thought he was funny. Um, so I am interested in a couple of these books specifically. Um, mainly the Dreaming and the House of Whispers. I'll probably end up reading all of them because I'm really low on books right now, actually. A lot of the series I was reading have ended or are on hiatus, so I do need some new books to read. So I'll probably read at least the first couple of each of them, and if, you know, Mm -hmm. they're either all great and I'll keep reading all of them, or there'll be a couple that I'm more interested in than other ones. Um... But I, I do totally now just want to go back and power read I'm through everything. That, uh, <laughs> I had uh, this past week been interviewed by Joe Hubbard from My Geek Scene, and that will go up maybe in a couple weeks or so. And he was asking me, you know, about a, a series that, you know, wish other people would read. And I said, Sam, man, and he kind of looked at me like, what, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I go, see, you love comics. I love comics. Most people that love comics... They've heard of Sandman. Right. But even then, I don't think that many people have read it. I could tell you a handful of my friends yeah. who even love this genre who have not read it. Yeah. More well, people need to pick them up. Here's the thing with Sandman and why I never read it. Not to, you know, try and take back the shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, this book started a long time ago. Uh, before I was even really reading a ton of comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time I became aware of Sandman, it was a lot of books in. And that shit is hard to catch up on. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so it's one of those books where, because they are so, they stick to continuity so much, there's not really a good 
Oh, there's no, jumping yeah, on jumping points. on points. You have to start from the beginning. And if you don't have access to those, or you don't want to, you're a poor college student, can't drop a shit ton of money mm-hmm. in comic books, then it's just a hard thing to start. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try. I know you have some, so I'm going to. Yeah, that was one of my goals back in the day was collecting yeah. them all. And I know I have at least the first, there's 75, I believe, and I think I have 50 of them, and I should have at least the first 20. Yeah. I think I bought those all in a collection. Yeah, you helped me uh, clean up my comic book collection. <laughs> I will let you borrow those. Uh, so yeah, so no, it was good. It was good, and I ha- I have to say, e- even though I've never read any of the Sandman, there was there were things that were confused, not necessarily confusing, but there were things that clearly had backstory that I didn't know. But none of it was so. None of it made it so confusing that I couldn't keep reading. Well, what could you say this, though? Let's say there was no backstory. There was none, none of this before, though. I'm looking at trying to, as a new reader, though, I could almost, but everyone would have probably picked up because they've heard a same before. Right. I could see some of those things still being written in this exact way this book was right. that you would think then they might go back to. They're probably not going to be going back to all the shit that happened right. before. Right. It's, it's just one of, like, so if this was a brand new series... You would expect that they would explain who Dream is at some point in the future. And they're probably not going to yeah, get and too get much into so that. So that you would be thinking, oh, right. who is this person? And I do think they may slightly within the first couple issues, because this was like right. an anthology. It was a one shot or zero issue. I do think in the first one they might do a quick rundown of who Daniel is to the new person to right. understand he was someone else before. Even if they just did it on that first page, you know, when sometimes they, in previous issues, and they give you a little synopsis, like, that's really all you need. But that's what I'm wondering, though, too, because I would feel that he would be more part of Dreaming, but even though he's shown up within the Lucifer books and all these others, though, Mm -hmm. I don't, I I almost wonder if he's not going to be really a part of it as well, because it's going to be the the creatures and characters that are there taking care of it. Right. And he's just not there because right. of it. I'm assuming, so the cover of the Dreaming, number one, is Lucian and Dora. So I think those are going to be your two main characters mm-hmm. for those. The Book of Magic is obviously Harry Potter. It's Tim Tim Hunter. Tim Hunter. Yes, that is his name. Lucian? Oh, oh Harry Potter? Ha- yeah, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Hunter. He's forever going to be Harry Potter to me. I'm going to read it like that's his name. <laughs> wait for Voldemort to show up. <laughs> and so they I mean they all very much distinctly have their own characters. My guess is that there's going to be a thread that ties them all together and that'll probably be Daniel just popping in whenever he fucking feels like. Yeah. Like an emo kid who has better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say this though that that picture made him look way younger. Than he is. Yeah. Well, I would imagine. He well, because you age. saw what he looked like in the yeah. Dark Knight Metal. He's, I'd say, thirty or twenty eight. Like yeah. He's, a, he's an adult, so that that really was kind of a little bit of a poor representation. Yeah, he looks like he's about eighteen, nineteen, 
maybe early 20s in this picture. Yeah. It could just be the garb. It could be, I don't know, can he make himself look like whatever the fuck he wants? I mean, technically he can, so but he, he kind of always defaults to what his general look is. However... If no one can see him but these cats, does it even really matter? Well, and also, I've never really seen him in civilian clothes because he's normally always had a, a cape uh, uh, or a robe like cloth so and the converses yeah. <laughs> i like how those are the only thing that have a little bit of color to them <laughs> they're red <laughs> but I, the details in this book are like in the background oh, all the art is always amazing on these you can find so much detail and like the gargoyles on you know the you know buildings and some of them and even when it's like a psychedelic type like giant uh page spread like you mean like the first page here that looks like a Dali painting? Yeah. Yeah. Like you just follow just the, the beautifulness of it and get lost. Yeah. It's Or even background characters. Like you may be like, I want to know who the hell that person is because he looks like a weird minotaur yeah. with a moose head or I something. I was thinking like, that when there was the just fucking giant floating baby with the giant head. Yeah. It's like, yep. what, what's that kid's deal? <laughs> <laughs> he still has an umbilical cord and everything. Yeah. So, you're right. It was good. It was good. And I would suggest picking it up if you're feeling like you're not going to get into it because you have no past with this title, then I'd say do not worry about that. And listen to this podcast first and you'll have a nice little primer that Tony gave us. And that should be more than enough to get you through. Yeah. And you can always email us at drunkoncomics at gmail.com with any of your Sandman questions and Tony will answer them. If I let him know that he has email. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we have uh, this is gonna be a long one today. Yeah, it's okay. Because uh, we haven't even gotten to news yet, and I do want to quick talk about a couple uh, books coming out from Vertigo. Because there's uh, some of them that are gonna be coming out. These unfortunately aren't gonna be hitting shelves until 2019, but. Uh, some this one sounding stories. Yes. Well, safe sex seems just in what it says like that seems kind of a little going to be controversial and Vertigo and that's where Vertigo I thought was actually going under a while ago mm -hmm. and I thought this imprint they were going to the black label. Right. So I'm kind of confused but Vertigo has always technically been their own world which is kind of also going back to why Sandman is Vertigo and not DC even though they are owned by them and can have crossovers. Right. And with, oh God, it's so confusing with continuity because it makes so much sense in here, even though saying it is DC proper mm -hmm. because the black labels aren't necessarily going to be. But no, then they're like Elseworld stories, I think. When they want to be. Right. And that's the thing because Jeff Johns has just recently said the three Jokers is con is going to be within continuity, but it's a imprint. So it's more mature too mm -hmm. as well. Yep. But uh, Vertigo, I always felt, was their mature side. Um, so Safe Sex uh, seems very interesting with uh, pretty much with uh, the whole world, sexual ple pleasure is monitored, and it's going to be up to the forgotten members of the oldest profession. Hmm. The world's oldest profession yeah, is prostitution, yeah. you guys, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> They're going to bring back the right to love. The more you know. I yeah. mean, I guess if anyone's going to fight for sex to be not a thing monitored by the government it's going to be people of the world's oldest profession and then the other one out of the new ones that are coming out um and because they also have the other lineups uh coming out in the next couple uh weeks or starting 
um, with the vertical reprints. Because remember when they had the one where everyone was chasing people and they each had a number and oh, the last one to survive would win, like, yeah. money? Mm-hmm. And then they had the one... Like, all those books have gone kaput. Yeah. So uh, Vertigo is kind of reinvigorating with some some new stories. Uh, I'm looking forward to the second coming, oh my though. God. I read the synopsis for this one, and it sounded like a preview for, like... A new show a on new Fox. A new television <laughs> show on Fox. One is the literal son of God. The other is an all-powerful superhero who might as well be a deity. <laughs> Now they're going to be roommates, yeah. thanks to God. <laughs> God, Father. <laughs> it just, like, it looks like it's going to be like a comedy sort of book, comedic book, uh, just even judging by the art. Um, it's funny to me, the cover, though, because you got the superhero putting somebody in a headlock, and then you got Jesus feeding bread to the other one, <laughs> yeah. shoving it down his throat. So... Here's the thing. I I've always I I mean personal note. I love theology. I love the study of different deities and everything and what comes from all that. Yeah. And I've loved the gods within comic books and all works of of everything. There's a book that I've been reading right now, a demigod. I believe it's from Image, which has this nerdy kid that has now become mm. a like Hercules well actually Hercules in this realm and he is totally living it up like an asshole like mm. I was picked on but I'm a stud muffin now right. and this and that and I'm like I love when these things so this I mean this is nothing like that but this just looks like it's a different take on yeah it's like the odd couple to me that's mm. totally gonna be an odd couple type book and then so. there's, I mean, there's Goddess Mo that's coming out in December this too, one which also really interesting because the world's being ran by an AI, but this girl does tech support on it. So, what does that mean for her? She's like the god of right, it, right? Right. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But there's there's a yeah there's a couple ones. The ones where the men brainwash a coven of witches to be their uh, housewives. I was like. Okay, it's like the Stepford Wives. That's the yeah, craft. that's the movie I was thinking yeah. of. I couldn't remember. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I'll give anything a chance, basically. All right. Well, are you reading or going to read the X Men thing that's coming out right now, where the future is destroyed? Decimation. Yeah. I I'm gonna try. You know, it's hard with these X Men books because I know. then you have to buy like fifty books a week. I, I remember when I loved it when, because I know Derek doesn't buy a lot of new books anymore, and there was the time, though, when I got traded with my brother, and I traded with Derek, and we were both getting different X-Men books, and then each week before the podcast, we'd switch them around, and it's great when you have friends that can share books. Yeah. Holy shit, though, I was buying a lot more X-Men books than I could even keep up with. Yeah. And that's also when it was the good and uncanny, which... What's in a name, really? One book is this team, one book's this team. Right. So having it called Uncanny X-Men or not didn't make a difference. No. But obviously, the Uncanny X-Men line is being resurrected. We're having this... What was that one again? What's this one? Decimation. Decimation. Yes. Because then we also have X-Men Disassembled coming out, which... Oh, hmm. wait a... That sounds familiar. Well, why do they have to do all these weird decimation... 
disassembled, uh, extinction yeah. and yeah. extrication is <laughs> probably. I don't hey, think that's a word. I, but they're going to use it in the future. <laughs> Copyright here first. Um, no, so there's this X-Men dis- disassembled, which it's going to be a 10-part uh, weekly. Yes. Kind of like how they just did with the Avengers. Uh, no Surrender? Yeah, No Surrender. Yeah. Which turned out as a decent story. But now that I think about it afterwards... I did not need to spend money on that. It was it was kind of a hmm. okay. Yeah. It was it was cool in in scope, but it was a cash grab for people that were then get sucked into the story. I miss reading some X Men, and I feel like this is a jumping on point, right? Because everyone's talking about this will be you know the biggest X Men you know thing well, ever. It's going to have every X Men. X man and well, woman. Every, every mutant that yeah, is who was ever a part of the X Men. Well, that part I thought it was that is still there, or that is still a mutant is their correct terminology. So not necessarily past and present, but it will, you know, kind of have all because there's a lot of depowered mutants right now. Sure. So you can correct me if I'm wrong. I will say this though, we already had Avengers assembled, so. Marvel House of Ideas is kind of running out of ideals for titles. Yeah, and they even say that it's a play on when they did Avengers Disassembled. Yeah. But what does that I, I don't understand what does that mean? And and they're that they're teasing this event already after the next event which I thought was going to be the what was it again? Decimation. <laughs> decimation of them. Which we've already had the decimation of them, right? That's yeah. what no that's what the fucking No More Mutants whole thing was. And then you had X-Men 198, where there was only 198 mutants. And then there was the whole thing where the mists were killing off the mutants and knocking down their numbers even more. So, but now the last five mutants are finally going to die. Is that what's going on in Decimation? <laughs> um, but in Disassembled, which is featuring almost every member of the team throughout the concept's history... So it sounds like it's going to feature every okay. member that's ever been part of the X-Men. You know it's going to just be one giant panoramic shot. Probably. I mean, it's probably like, yeah, we showed it to you already. It was that, it was that cover. <laughs> it was that cover that we showed you. It's got or everybody on it. Or it's going to be a 10-part cover that's going to be put them all together, and there they all are. Right. Thing. Although I'm looking, and I'm trying to see if Cyclops is in this. And I don't think he is, because they're bringing Cyclops back. Like, what Cyclops, is- Cyclops. Because here's technically they have a Cyclops. Well, they tried to bring him back, and he said no. And yeah. so I thought, wow, that's cool. Yeah. They, they're they sticking with it, and Jean Grey doesn't have to go back to him. And maybe she go back to Wolverine. Oh, wait, Wolverine's Oh, wait, no, Wolverine's getting resurrected. <laughs> sure. You get a new body. You get a new body. Everyone gets a new body. Um, I hope that what happens with this is Jean takes her rightful place as the head of the X-Men, actual head of the X-Men and not the oh there's no men well Professor X is back so yeah well I'm just saying they have made her the head of the X-Men before but it's always conveniently when there was no men around to run the X-Men so imagine how great though it could have been I'm okay with Jean coming back you can have one person come back every now and then but really what it would have been like without these original people like let them be dead and I don't know. I'm just. And it's 
It's, it's me as a fanboy just kind of complaining about right. the same stories happen over again. Like, look at the futures of the X Men books. Yeah. Most every time when there's a future vision of it's most terrible. things, it's terrible. I mean, the 2099 universe, but that's kind of its own separate entity. But universes, multiverse, time, and everything is its own thing. Mm-hmm. Because we even if you time traveled to undo the Age of Apocalypse. The Age of Apocalypse is still going on. Right. And it's its own universe. So when you think about it, even if they are time traveling in the here and now to prevent that future, mm-hmm. that future is actually its own entity as is. And those people come from those things all the time to come and give a warning. But you ever imagine, though, all these time travelers that have been from the future, all those futures suck. They, they're Cable, always terrible. Bishop, Rachel Summers. Like, yeah. all these people... X-Men have, like, no good outlook. Maybe I've seen one that, but I don't even remember that. And actually, I would like to see them actually have a a weird, that would be a great story arc where they they have an event where they have this future that's going to be awesome, and they don't know what the fuck to do. (laughs) Guys, just leave it alone. Don't touch anything. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think that would be great. Like... (laughs) Uh, so who and you know, who knows what they're gonna do in this book? They could be bringing Cyclops back, and it's like like they did in the in the, when they brought back Jean Grey, and Cyclops was there, but really he wasn't there. It was just the Phoenix, you know. Like they could do some shit like that. Technically, they brought him back, right? Yeah. And then immediately killed him off again. So there could be a little shenaniganery. Shenaniganery. Shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> going on okay Tony <laughs> well sis I, I think I and I getting some of my news confused but I thought I also saw a one of those preview things of an X-Man is gonna die or something or someone's going to die yeah, from the team yeah one of those yeah but then it never fucking never really yeah. happens the way you think it yeah one thing that is quite interesting though from these covers that to the keen eye would notice is Psylocke mhm and it's something that now, after seeing it, it it raises not alarms, but bells in my head of something that recently happened with the Hunt for Wolverine books. And in this picture, it is uh, Psylocke in her old body. Most people may not know that she's not always been an Asian. She used to be from England. Right. Her brother is Captain Britain. Yeah. And from the Braddock family. And she got her because she's a telepath put into this asian body and it's not the first time that she's going to go back to her old body but that clearly she is right it's kind of saying something of her character now what had happened um and her switching into an asian body was in 1989 i believe uh she uh in the hunt for wolverine had pretty much been like comatose and like brain dead is what they said. So you thought she was dead. She came back kind of as a spirit. Mm-hmm. So her soul is kind of out there. Being a telepath, you can kind of say, oh, my mind, psychic psychic mind and energy, astral plane, whatever. Right. So I'm assuming from that you might see her then find her old body. and Sure. Or she could just be. Because. She could just be a ghost. Well, I, she doesn't look like a ghost there. And why would you just pick your old form? Maybe she liked that one best. Well, she still was kind of. Japanese within the in her ghost form now. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, we could have a, a me and Derek fight again of <laughs> ghost, <laughs> ghost Psylocke or not ghost. dead Psylocke. <laughs> um, another interesting thing that happened from the hunt for Wolverine is uh, X-23 found out who her mom is. Um, Laura has always been on the impression that she was a clone, so uh, genetically uh, made from Wolverine's DNA. But and she was uh, pretty much uh, what the surrogate, surrogate mom yep. Yep, was uh, Sarah Kinney. So that's why she's Laura Kinney um, in the comic books, um, who carried her um, to term and was always a mother figure to her. But right. what was found out when they were hunting for Wolverine's DNA, which I have to say these hunt for books have been kind of great. They've kind of gone only in a shocking one thing revealed but they haven't been too bad for tie-ins um and this was kind of the big reveal for this one and why tony had to go and get his wolverine's dna was a really interesting um backstory that kind of this this uh four issues kind of went back and forth with and without even revealing that though when they got to this place that sinister had the dna he glimpsed it and That's two things was he was saying that you know I need to tell you about your parents. I glimpse them. They're all pissed at Tony. Like, why'd you look? Blah, blah, And she's like, I don't want to know. I don't want to have my father taken away from me. He goes, no, no, it's not that. It's that who your mother is. Your mother is Sarah. Mm. Meaning it wasn't, you know, it was her egg. So she's biologically part of. The person who was a mother figure to her is her actual mother. Yeah. Yeah. Which then, which gives kind of some closure to her and her fucked up life. Mm -hmm. It also makes you question well, then, was she created old-fashioned style yeah. and not really cloned? Like, and if it wasn't old-fashioned style, DNA. where did she get Wolverine's sperm from? Yeah. And then, of course, before the taping of this, Tony and I got into a vigorous discussion about that, which we won't repeat on air, but, you know, figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> there was one other thing that he also mentioned, which is cool and interesting, is also that there is... Uh, someone amongst you a mutant who is not really a mutant you have a, a mole hmm. within the mutants or within the x-men that makes me be like i kind of want to start reading some x books now because not everything that happens inside issues turn out to be a big issue but what it seems like this particular thing of right. the hunt for wolverine they're kind of turning into some big reveals or setting up some big things that are going to be happening in the main book so now it's got me curious, wait, who is, like, Sinister was part of it, so he probably can mask them from moving telepaths and mm -hmm. gave them some genetic thing, and yeah. what is their purpose then, and yeah. Well, Cassandra Nova's uh, work, doing her work in the um, the X-Men book starring Jean Grey, because that's the only one I'm actually reading right now, and you know, she has the ability to really fuck people over, well, yeah. so... Who knows what could be going on? She could totally make it so that somebody even appears to have powers and doesn't. That's true. So, fucking mutants. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, there's been talks about some Fox TV shows being turned into movies, such as The Simpsons, having a movie having a sequel. Um, them making a Family Guy movie, which would be kind of animated and live With action. Live action. Yeah, I saw that. I'm curious how that would be. I mean, maybe Is it they like have a, the a family uh, exists 
they're animated, but everyone else around them is live action. <laughs> that would actually be kind of funny. I could see that. Because I was trying to think maybe they just have Brian, yeah, be, the dog be, but I, I don't really see how you can have like a real Stewie or a, right. a person like a Peter. It'd be funny if they did all them. Like they moved to a different city yeah. where everyone was real. That would be great. <laughs> um, also, a Bob's Burgers movie. So, Whew. Fox, uh, you're making a bunch of these uh, movies, but aren't you being sold? What's going on? They are on? sold. Yes, but barring any hiccups, though, they are still running things as they should. Yeah. And that brings up then Disney, which uh, recently people have gone to the internet saying that uh, the new X-Men movie has been scrapped because... It's going back into reshoots, and Disney doesn't want to have any part of that. We already know that the New Mutants thing has been fucked from the beginning, and yeah. they're reshooting now, too, and whether Disney's going to be like, wait, just let's stop spending money, but currently, it's still Fox money. It is. So, yeah. Fox can spend their money for these end products. So, Disney has said anything that has already been filmed, finished, it's going to see a release. Now, granted... Movie studios make tons of movies and may not always go to theater, right. maybe home video or something, but these movies are going to be released, so anyone that's interested in that, what it does... Anyone look, that's looking forward to that Phoenix yeah. movie. <laughs> and Avatar, that's still in production. Well, it's filmed. Is Avatar Fox? Yeah. Yeah. I or guess just, they, they, well, the the movie rights, I guess. Oh, okay. Or distribution rights. Uh, there, there's so much weird things yeah, with how. Yeah, because Disney has an Avatar land. Yeah, oh, yeah. Maybe, I don't, no, I don't think it was Disney. I'll have to look that one up. I guess I never really thought of that, but. Yeah, they have a whole land. That is true. <laughs> a little Navi scene. Yeah. Maybe as anticipation of knowing. Well, Could. they're from the future. They knew already <laughs> that Disney. <laughs> Disney's truly in search of unobtainium. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so they're also saying that anything that's in production, too, will at least, you know, some things happen within production, but they're, and Fox is running business as it is because right. they still need to. Yeah, Disney's not going to take full control until, like, they're thinking 2000, end of 2019, early 2020. Well, yeah, where they own, yeah. their own it all, but even then. They can't just stick their own people in there. You still probably are going right. to have most of the people that have been working on a project finish right. your project, you know, and then, hey, we like your project. We'll give you a new hire like they would have just under Fox, just Disney. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. I That X-Men, though, is going into some reshoots. That's never a good thing. But then again, Deadpool 2 did reshoots. Yeah. And it was for the better. Yep. Granted, it was because they wanted some more cable in there yeah. and and Domino. Yeah. So it worked. So it was. So who yeah. knows? Um, yeah. I, I I like that about Disney. Um, what I still don't like about Disney is the James Gunn controversy. Right. And this is another thing where you have to separate the House of Mouse from Marvel. Is Marvel Studios is Marvel Studios. Right. That is not Disney. And Marvel Studios has actually now in closed-door talks about the James Gunn thing and wanting him to stay on. That There's been no official statements about this. This is kind of insider people talking about it. But that Marvel Studios now is trying to talk to Disney kind of shows some hope that, well, Marvel Studios then obviously seems to want him. Right. 
And it, this is all kind of apparently come about because the cast wrote that letter that, yeah. that went viral. And that kind of is shaking some people being like, well, crap, like, we need to truly yeah. talk about this. Yeah. they Perhaps they shouldn't have jumped the gun. <laughs> you wanted uh, to use that all week, weren't you? <laughs> well, there's another big issue within the James Gunn uh, thing, too, is that he, there's other studios that are, he's not been blacklisted. Like, once you get blacklisted, you're yeah. kind of fucked in Hollywood. Right. And most everyone, especially with everything that's been surrounding this controversy, which I don't even, the stupid controversy. It's so dumb. A lot of people are like, okay, yes, this is dumb, and for these reasons and everything, we don't give in to the trolls. But other studios can't take him now because he's technically still under contract. And so maybe if they are saving face and they give him a different franchise, I won't be happy, but I won't be as pissed. But you still got to think, though, this is like he's what made Guardians Mm -hmm. Guardians. And they're still using his script. For the third one. Well, there's been rumors that it's been scrapped, but they've yeah. said, no, that's not yeah. true, so... Right. Because, yeah, that would be... That would put that in production hell, and that's one of the reasons why Marvel Studios is kind of, like, stepping in, being like, hey, you know, you, you're Disney, you, you give us money and we make the things, we have our timeline, yeah. this we is what we... have a plan. Yeah. Even though they say we have nothing planned after this next big Infinity War. The dominoes are set, all right? Yep. You can't take a domino out. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let's hope for that. Um, speaking of trolls, there are some assholes on the internet. Yes. Um, some? A lot. Most, yeah. And, uh, That's where most of the assholes are. There was this, uh, a, a week, yeah, I think it was a week ago, a leaked photo of Flash's new costume was put out there, and people were saying it looked like shit. Um, it was, you know terrible and i'm not going to necessarily talk about that part because i i agree i did not like the way the suit looked right um i the end product that they have now actually looks pretty amazing what i take uh offense to was them ridiculing grant gustin for his uh, they were body shaming him yeah it's terrible. Which is weird that you would, because body shaming people usually do that to bigger people. Yeah. Unless you're a dude, right? Guys get body shamed for being too skinny all the time. Especially if you're in a position where you're supposed to be playing a superhero and you're too skinny. Like, fanboys are mean. Yeah. And, <laughs> and this this poor kid, you know. Well, he, he wrote a very uh, strong like concise uh letter saying you know i've always been this way i've had to deal with this and this is kind of mean that you guys would do this and that is mean like it is and so i i I gotta like i said i when i heard about this i'm like what are they talking about and 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 like i said i agree i did not like the costume but i would never it to him and even with him in the costume it looked like a bad angle as well and he even has said that you know it's still a prototype we're still working on things mm-hmm. and obviously they were um i like what it looks like now and the costume they had the leaked costume that they had out there did make him look extremely skinny but i think more than anything it made his neck look extremely long which just makes you look even 
like it makes you look so out of proportion yeah. and, and stuff like that. Also, it looked like somebody's like. I mean, this is nothing against Grant, because he just put the costume on. It looked like somebody's cosplay costume. Yeah. It but then look... again, though, as he said, though, they probably had a bajillion different like, yeah. logos and looks that they could patch mm-hmm. on and off. Why it was leaked? Well, because people leak things all yeah. the time. But yeah. it was not something that people should start no. being dicks about. Right. Leave the fucking kid alone. He's great at that. And you said you've never seen The Flash, and he is awesome in that role. I think he does an excellent job. There was a season where everything was really sad and he was really mopey the whole time. But, you know, lots of people had died. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's a comic book show. Yeah. Uh, another thing, also talking about assholes, Yep. is uh, Batwoman has been cast for the Arrowverse. Yes. And Ruby Rose is going to take the place of it's Kate like Kane. like she was born to either play Sleeping Beauty or... Someone with red hair. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this. I uh, Again, I like to be a little nuanced in my thoughts and not just totally agree with everyone. I disagree with everyone who's being assholes who are questioning her for how much of a lesbian she is. Or, I mean, that, that is just stupid in your own right to, to say that. Or because she's not Jewish that, you know, she can't play this character. When you look at the many char- people that play these characters are not in real life yeah. these characters. And I get that nowadays it's become a touchy subject like because, because of whitewashing, right? You take these characters that are typically ethnic of some sort or, you know, like there was a big thing where Scarlett Johansson was playing a transgendered person in a movie. Like there was a big outcry over that because there's plenty of very good transgender Well, that's why I like that they took an LGBTQ person to be in this position when they didn't have to. Now, granted, this is a, like, no question, why wouldn't you have someone in this position um, for a person who is that within the comic book realm? However, uh, I I will say this. Ruby Rose is beautiful. Um, Oh, yeah. And I think she looks the part. My only critique, because I don't, I've only seen her play within uh, Orange and New Black, and I didn't feel the strongest connection of her acting ability. However, I haven't seen her in many other things. I know she's in that new movie, The Meg, and oh. so, and I know people were giving her shit for her acting within that. Oh no, she's also was in, I believe, uh, John Wick Two, mm. um, which I still need to rent and see. But she, uh, so I don't know her, her prowess of being a Cape Crusader, but I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to be an asshole about it. Well, no, and honestly, these Arrowverse shows are just super-powered soap operas. Like, these people are good actors, but they're in a specific genre, and things are a little over the top. Well, not only that, though, I, and here's the, I, I got to kind of side with, well, not the trolls, but with the people that are criticizing the casting is, DC doesn't have the best of casting. If it was a Marvel show, hundred tops, yeah. you know, people would would trust. But then again, this is also the CW. Yes, Greg Verlanti, which they do an amazing job. Greg Verlanti is the mastermind behind the Arrowverse, completely separate. So he is the um, what's his name, the the Kevin Feige of the Arrowverse. And there has been a few missteps here and there. Uh, there are things that people don't like about it. But I, he has a vision, and I don't think he's cast anything badly in any of them. 
there has been some times where I've been like, what? Why? And then you watch and you're like, oh, all right, that's fine. <laughs> so I'm sure it'll be fine. And to, for people to come out and say, oh, she's she's not lesbian. And well, you know, how, how do you know how lesbian she is? <laughs> yeah. What, what is your metric? <laughs> <first>? Yeah. <laughs> Does it fucking matter? Even if she's not lesbian at all, she's an actress. She could totally play I, a I, lesbian. I, I think that's so it's. Yeah, enough is is the yeah. stupidest thing. Like, yeah. you're eighty percent, you're eighty one percent, you're more lesbian than this person. That doesn't make no. sense when you say it out no, loud. Not at all. And she's she's come out and she's gender fluid, so I'm not. You know, that's a concept I don't fully understand because I'm not gender fluid. But I get it. People, it's I guess we used to call it being bisexual but it's different than that and so the fact that people are attacking her over this whole thing is just completely well, she just quit weird. twitter over it and and she shut down her instagram for comments and you know it's honestly it's just a fucking bunch of dudes i swear to god yep <laughs> who are just mad about the world and their life being and stuck just, in their parents god, basement it's just get over yourselves i watched a video today off topic, not off topic. Um, I think Dirk Manning posted it actually, so totally on topic. Uh, what if online trolls were trolls in real life? <laughs> and it was just people walking around saying mean things to each other to their faces and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, nobody would ever do that. There was always the random guy who would walk by somebody and be like, gay. Because <laughs> there's always that one guy on every fucking message board. <laughs> um, and it was completely ridiculous. And I'm like, oh my God. When people, if they, people just thought how it would sound to say out loud to somebody's face, most of this would go away. Not all of it. Now, I will say this. Trolls are assholes, but you can actually be critical of certain things you don't like. You can, and you can do it in a way that's not fucking mean. Yeah, or you can just kind of be vocal about it and maybe regret when you say it, but also we do reviews and I'm still pissed off at Tom King. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not out of malice or hate for the person individually. Right. It's just that my heart was broken just like Batman's. Yes. Uh, so, of course, Batman number 50 was the highest selling book Yes. Uh, in July. Thought, everyone thought there was going to be a wedding. And closely behind Amazing Spider-Man number one, uh, people, I mean, with what happened in Amazing Spider-Man number one, was a head turner and most people thought that going back to norm would be great uh but everyone was looking forward to the wedding and that didn't happen yeah again <laughs> still upset with Tom king um however marvel took uh 39 of the dollar share um and 41 percent of the unit share uh where dc came in with uh 31 percent of dollar share and 33 percent okay. of the unit share uh, obviously, those are always different numbers because of the amount of books sold and what their costs are and everything. Right. Um, an image coming in at third, um, which is a little bit lower than I remember them being, but 8.52% of dollar share, but 8.87% of unit share. Um, that is low because you said, how? what was the share that Marvel took? So uh, Marvel, for at least the unit share, 41%. To DC's uh, 33%. Okay. And so I always remember them being a little bit more higher. But then again, yeah. I do feel that Image has had a few less books recently. Or higher. They've had some newer ones. Yeah. 
And it's just so funny, though, because that means that the rest of that percentage is just spread out between well, IDW, Boom yeah, and yeah. IDW. Because IDW is then next with a uh, oh, wow. 3.95% share. Yeah. Um, and then Boom is 1.89%. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird when you actually look at those numbers because you think all books are even, and I want to see more better distribution mm -hmm. of these numbers but there's no denying the big two are called the big two for a reason right. um and also too this is just july's numbers uh which is different from yearly numbers and because each month is differently right what books came out was it a pivotal issue in something like batman that may have spiked their numbers we will find out next month in august if how batman is doing and if i can say i told you so <laughs> If not, we won't report it at all. <laughs> However, uh, what was supposed to be a 100-issue uh, uh, take on Batman is now going to be 103 because, in Tom King's own words, because I'm selfish and I want to do 100 that are just mine. Also noting that some were co-written already, but I guess there are three that are g coming out that are already scripted that are someone else, like, filling whatever. Uh. Um, I guess with the next story too being one of those, so you know they probably need to take a break some point and right, need right. to have those issues ready sure. at hand. Um, so does, I was I was hoping that all of a sudden it was going to be like and I'm because done. I'm going to have a three issue at the end when they finally get married again and push everyone through that and <laughs> they're not going to get married again. I, yeah, I know. Who would go through that? <laughs> I guess I won't ever know because I'm not reading Batman anymore. Ah, you'll pick it back up. <laughs> I, I, you know I will. I, you totally I'm will. Wa I'm, I'm waiting, though. I'm, I am waiting. I, I can't be heartbroken so soon again. <laughs> I got to get. I gotta grieve still. <laughs> Although, man, he, like I said before, he's still doing fucking amazing on uh, Mr. Miracle. I was going to say, it's like you are mad at him in one hand and love him in the other right now. Yeah. Um, so Stan Lee. Yes. Oh, you know what? Uh, this came up before. I don't know if I mentioned it. Whenever news or any Twitter or anything comes out of uh, legendary uh, comic book creator Stan Lee. You're always mentally prepared for it. To yes. Be like died. died. Like I, I, and I, he is fucking old. I know. But. Don't start off with... And that's when you do his full title when yeah. something big happens to him. Otherwise, just say Stan Lee did this, and we know he didn't... He's not dead. Right. Um, but he's no longer going to be uh, going to public autograph uh, signings. Yeah, he's not no doing... Cons. He's not doing public signings or conventions any longer. That doesn't mean he's not doing private ones. I mean, I'm assuming they're still friends in the yeah. industry and people that he will do that for. But he is old and doesn't yeah. need to be going out and doing all yeah. those things and i know uh rob lifefield was there i think last week as well saying he's doing good so i'm liking that there isn't so much talk of he has had a rough year so i'm not coupled with his age and the fact that his last year has been fucking crazy like swear to god it has to have been the worst year in his life like his wife died and then all that other weird shit that went yeah. on with him for like a whole year. So I'm not surprised that this is the option that he's choosing. He has been, you know, the. I saw him at a convention a couple years ago, and I think he was at Motor City a couple years ago. And it's literally like, 
comes in and he sits in a chair for a while and takes some pictures and does some autographs and then he leaves and probably sleeps for the rest of the day. So it's just at that point, I think these deserve a break. <laughs> I sure hope no one's mad about this. Yes, and uh, ending with some lighthearted good news. Um, about a year or two ago, a uh, little kid uh, named Wagner had written to the team uh, Titans, uh, inviting them to his birthday party. And Aww. you know, and they obviously can't. They're cartoon characters. Yeah. However, uh, Erica Pringle, an animator on the Cartoon Network show took it upon himself this last winter to animate a quick 60 second are we uh, talking about like the teen titans that are on cartoon teen titans go like, like the little yeah, cutesy little, yeah, ones yeah cutesy ones and uh that just had their animated debut yeah. um at the theaters and so he did this himself over the winter time to give to the fan um you know for around this time Aww. when he got tweeted again uh just wishing him a happy birthday and i was like that is so, like, I love these heartfelt yeah. stories, especially when someone, animating is hard. It is. It takes a while, too. Yeah. <laughs> to do that, to just, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was Well done, sir. Awesome. That just makes a fan more of a fan when you do that. Mm-hmm. Now, Booze in the Book uh, is an interesting one for me this week uh, because. I laughed at you when you told me what it was. It's it's something from my childhood that I loved. Primarily the theme song gets stuck in your head. And that is Dino Saucers. And I'm not even going to embarrass myself trying to pretend to sing the Dino Saucers. But if you ever watched the show, you would know that it is dinosaurs that are from a different planet that fly in space saucers. And... Dino saucers. Yes. I love it. Within this book, and this is from Lionsgate, and partly why I want to kind of give this a shout-out, Booze in the Book, is because uh, their Roar imprint that they have going on, it's they don't have a lot of books. They're not even part of the shares, numbers, and stuff. There's a lot of other publishers that we know as well, small publishers, mm -hmm. that I think sometimes need to get that little boost. And yes. I guess it's been 30... Uh, 30 years since uh, it premiered um, on TV. Comment, so it premiered September 14th, uh, 1987. So this would have been last year. Then. Wow. Yeah. And it was the, the creator talks right away in the beginning about how he came up with this idea because his son loved uh, dinosaurs and could like name all of them at the time as well as space-related things, and somehow he combined them to make this. This is, a, this is another one of those wacky shows that got picked up. Yeah, like the, all the shows, cartoons from the 80s. Mm -hmm. All of them. And they had 65 half-hour episodes and ran for five, five years. What the fuck? I've never even heard of this show. It was... So not only did they... They were anthropomorphic uh, dinosaurs... But they also had the power to, and they were not as tall as dinosaurs, like they were half-sized sure. dinosaurs, because they were alien-ish. Yeah. But they had the ability to turn into large, like if they put, and then they came primal, and oh, they fought each other. and dinosaur transformers. Yeah, but they're 
biological, more like mutants. Okay. So this is an entirely updated story of that. And I I, I like that they are doing something different. I, being 100% honest, I don't remember all of the whole reason why dinosaurs came to Earth. I just know that they had the secret scouts that had these what looked like Captain Planet rings that could call them, and they were the ones that would try to, to fight the the evil, uh, I think they were Tyrannos, Tyrannosaurs. Uh, Headed by Genghis Rex. <laughs> yes. This is showing them from a different planet, uh, on, right on the other side of our planet. Uh, has to do with NASA, which... <laughs> Granted, NASA, how do you not know there's a whole other planet of prehistoric dinosaurs on the other side? Um, But I I liked what they're getting into. Um, It, you know, uh, it's illustrated by Andrew Peepoy, which he's done amazing work on uh, books before. So I did enjoy the art. Uh, It had some different takes on the, the main characters and... I, it seems like a lot of this has to do with uh, the Secret Scouts having already been a team with uh, the mind of climate control or climate change being on the forefront. Oh, Captain Planet. Well, but it wasn't Captain Planet. But <laughs> I guess, yeah. They, they were the Planeteers, and now they're the Secret yes. Scouts. And, uh, <laughs> and that it's interesting why they were a hacker group, kind of, or that was breaking into NASA because they wanted the climate data and everything, and that's when they also found out that the satellite found this other planet that then is tracking to us, which is going to bring them here. It ends on the note of the dinosaurs are going to be heading to Earth, but there's also the good guys, and they are the resistance, and like I said, I 100% know that I don't think that it was a giant, you know, tyrannical type, uh, you know, world where they were on, but the whole planet is, you know, kind of shit and desolate and everything, so they're yeah. coming to Earth for meat and greens. Right. So... Like you do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I'm talking a little bit too much of the book, but... <laughs> I feel like you're trying to justify your love of the dinosaurs. Well, and yeah, that's well, okay. I'm from the 80s. I get it. Well, you're giving me, like, a weird look of... <laughs> Why, why do you... We all had our weird 80s shows that we loved. Yep. Uh, and I am pairing it with a Tooth and Claw from uh, Off Color Brewing in Chicago. Um, it You know, it's not a high potent drink and it kind of fits perfectly with this. It's only like a 5% ABV. Because I will say this does seem like it needs a little bit more. It was lacking the theme song, but it did. It did at the beginning say go to YouTube and listen to it, and I did then, which did get me reinvigorated. There you go. Um, but yeah, Tooth and Claw. Uh, it's a Dino themed beer, and uh, nice. That'd be the perfect thing to drink with this. All right. That is it for me. I think that's all we got in us this week. I know. I feel like I could talk a lot more about Sandman and Lucifer and all that. <laughs> but I think that we should maybe clean the studio and find those books yes, for you. Yes, I want to read them. All right. So. Well, stay thirsty for dreams to come. Aw, that was sweet. <laughs>